and welcome to episode 12 of $5 Tuesdays. Uh, co-host Skyler, I'm Davis. Skyler, what's going on, man? Uh, not much. Just trying to uh, finally... We're, we're trying to survive the, the last days of the heat waves here in Salt Lake. The dog days of summer. Is it, uh, is it still pretty hot out there? Yeah, last week it was triple digits almost the whole week. We're, <laughs> uh, we're supposed to start working down, though. I think it, it, was, it was a little cooler yesterday. Hmm. I thought it was overcast, but it turns out there's just a bunch of fires, and so <laughs> it's all just smoke. <laughs> You're like, whew, look at those clouds. <laughs> they're, they're coming from the, from the mountainside over there. How weird. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I don't know. What about you? What's up? Uh, yeah, I mean, same thing. So I'm, I'm in central Pennsylvania. It's, it's pretty warm here. Bone dry though. Uh, we're, we're in the middle of some sort of drought and I have, uh, I, I, I've, I've been trying to figure out like the right schedule because with, with like school and work and everything, I'm, I'm indoors a lot and, and, and it's hard to figure out when the best time to like walk myself is because uh, I've, I've got to get out of the house but I, I feel like it's it's usually most convenient at like noon or like 1 p.m and oh. yeah you just you're you're standing out there like you can you can feel your your shoes heating up from the pavement uh, so looking forward to a little uh, a, a, a little taste of fall hopefully sometime soon but but i know that 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 wish will i'll I'll soon be cursing myself because happy valley has worse winters than i prefer (laughs) um do you and taylor have any pets no pets uh well we have we 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 have one pet but he's not real uh uh you're gonna need to expound (laughs) um is this like a donnie darko no <laughs> so my uh my, my my wife got this very cute little uh stuffed hedgehog his name is Gigi, and okay we just we 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 bring him around he'll watch movies with us um, all right yeah so he's very low maintenance a great companion uh but he's he he's really just wiggled his way right into our hearts. Acceptable by most landlords too, which is nice. That that is kind of the the hurdle, right? So so my my, my wife and I have always wanted um, wanted to have a pet, especially a dog, and and especially especially when we like get to a new place, don't really know anyone. Maybe we're looking for jobs, so there's more downtime, and you feel it like almost like a heartbeat, like. I need a dog. I need a dog. And <laughs> fortunately, we, we've been able to uh, to push that off just a little bit because we, we've always lived with very strict landlords who pretty much say like, it's it's a no-go. Like we, we don't even have the, you know, like, oh, if you have a pet, it's $50 a month or whatever. Which all things considered is pretty cheap living given that like, by by Taylor and I's rent, we each pay many hundreds of dollars a month uh, for the for the opportunity to live in these four walls. So 
to tack a pet on for 50 bucks heck yeah um uh, sorry just real quick so in salt lake at least there's this huge dog community and basically like 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 people who own dogs no, no, no. Just dogs. Okay. Just straight straight yeah. dogs. No, I'm just joking. No, people who own dogs. Honey, get in the car. Get in the car. Go, go, go. Get in the car now. <laughs> they run They're the coming. streets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and so it's been, it's been really good because we, we get out and walk the dog a lot and you, you bond with people, right, over their dogs uh, even if you, you know, you don't have anything in common other than like, it's a good, it's a good talking point. Is, yeah. Greases you know, the wheels dogs. socially. Yeah, exactly. Um, the, the downside of it in Salt Lake city is that because so many people have dogs, it's becoming more and more the norm that, um, people find loopholes into getting them into your apartment if you're renting it. Mm. Uh, with doctor's notes and other things like that. Yeah. And so what Grace and I did, um, renting our downstairs apartment, and and our current renters don't have any pets, uh, but we showed it to uh, at least a couple of people who, uh, one family in particular had two German shepherds and three cats. And so we were not really high on the idea of having um, that many, that many animals no, along, no. Al- along with, along with five people in our basement apartment. Um, and so we, we got kind of got around it by just charging a really, really high pet fee mm. compared to everyone else to try and deter people who have pets. <laughs> and so we're like, all right, well, if you're going to get around it, we're, we're just going to charge you out the wazoo for pets. And so that has been, uh, it's, it's worked. Uh, I mean, we've only, we, we've had renters for a year and they haven't had anything, but w- when we were showing at least people, uh, were, were kind of turned off to that idea, but yeah, it's, it's a wild, it's kind of crazy navigating the, the, the pet owner. A lot of people like, aren't like you and Taylor where they're, where they're very respectful of people's wishes to say, yeah, no pets. And then they don't try and work around it, but. Utah does have a lot of um, people who really want pets and especially because so like Salt Lake and Provo both have like really big student communities and they have a lot of people who are like living on their own for the first time or they're living away from home and I I don't even know I, I might cut this from the pod because it's an incredibly macabre thought but like it occurred to me when when i was living in provo there are all of these young people especially like young women who buy a little teacup poodle or whatever or like a maltese uh and some of them must not like have what it takes to keep an animal alive and so i have a feeling that the mortality rate for dogs is higher than average in some of these areas but these folks aren't like land-owning individuals so if their dog dies do you just like put it in the trash that is a great question Uh, uh, (laughs) you know i've actually thought uh i don't yeah i don't know if you like drive out to the desert and bury it oh my gosh (laughs) or you no one can know about this 
no <laughs> one can know. <laughs> I guess if you're driving out to the desert, you don't have to bury it because the coyotes will get to it. But, um, oh <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I've thought about what a renter does if a pet dies. We, we, we fortunately in our yard, we have like, it's, it's like kind of divided down the middle with a fence. And so the downstairs neighbors have their own half where they could bury a pet if they had one. But yeah, if you're living in like an apartment complex, I don't know what you do. If you try and flush it down the toilet, if it's a fish, I guess, but not a dog. Um, Someone's just trying to flush a golden retriever. Oh, okay. So listen to this. Uh, if you if you believe that once a pet has passed away, the body is just a shell. Oh my goodness. Uh, you can call your local animal control. They usually have low cost or no cost services to dispose of deceased pets. So they just drive out to the desert and throw it to the coyotes. Uh, <laughs> you, you can also call your veterinarian. You will need to bring your pet into the clinic, but they can arrange for disposal. Okay. So it sounds like uh, if, <laughs> if this is just a husk of what, <laughs> uh, of, of what your pet once was, uh, animal control would be happy to take it off your hands, but uh, vet veterinarians can can do as much as like um, like burying or, or uh, cremating your your pet. So okay, wait, wait. The question, clarify question here. Yeah, yeah. So maybe you can. I don't know. Maybe you don't know, but when it says like if your pet is a shell of itself. Like, does that just mean that it's dead? Or does that mean that it's like, had, has begun decomposition? Or what does that, what does that mean? <laughs> oh, I, I, I thought you meant like, once once the animal resembles a shell of itself, like, <laughs> hey, I, I've got a lab, it's 15 years old. I mean, it just, it, it, it hardly even gets up and walks around anymore. Can you guys maybe take care of this? I think they do on-site disposal too. Gosh. It's like breaking bad in the bathtub. Oh, all right. <laughs> Moving on. Um, on. On to corrections. Are, are, are there any corrections for for this week? Oh my gosh, I, I don't I don't think Breaking um, Bad tub scene is my that 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 is the line. We found it and we crossed it. Okay. Um, no, I don't have I don't have any corrections. Um, I think, yeah, we we nailed it. Yeah, another like, perfect you might, you run. You might have some. You might have uh, some. And and is is your friend name's is is his name Aaron the one that, that does a good job correcting us? Ryan. Ryan. Oh, Ryan. Shout we, out to Ryan. We we've got to get him on the pod. I I, we do, I want we do. I want him to at least like guest host. Uh, in, in that'd episode. be great. But he he actually so he just listened to District Nine. Uh, uh -huh. he, he, he's basically just become like our, our, our producer <laughs> fact checker. Uh, That's great. I love it. Yeah. But he, uh, he, he wanted to let us know that Samus is indeed owned by Nintendo. So we were safe there making that assumption. Okay. Yeah. It, I, I thought you were going to say like, he, he confirmed, or, or, or sorry, I didn't confirm. He actually corrected us that district nine was not actually a movie. Yeah. <laughs> It, it was just a graphic novel, but but one, one of those ones where you just like run through it really fast. You flip through the pages. Like a four second watch. Yeah. Like, wow. Hmm. Uh, evocative, really. <laughs> um, yeah. He, uh, he, he confirmed that Samus is owned by Nintendo. So that answered our question. 
And then he started talking about how pretty she was, which did not answer in any question and frankly was was uncalled for. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, oh. All right. Well, cool. Uh, other than that, like in, anything, uh, anything new? What's what's going on with you? Well, actually, um, yeah. Before before I even ask that question, have you seen the trailer for that new video game, Gotham Knights? Batman. Yeah. Yes. Wait. Is so. I, I, so, I didn't catch your joke. No. No. Or no was joke. It a joke. No. Th- this this is a real. Wait, it's a video game. Yes. Uh, no, uh, I didn't. I caught the trailer for the new movie. Yeah. So. It, so, so DC Fan Fest was this week. So, yes. Like, spoiler alert: a lot of our news this week is going to revolve around DC properties. Uh, no one should have any problem with that, though. I, I, I honestly feel like there's there, there's some cool stuff ahead. But I'll, I'll very quickly run through the trailer with you uh, for this video game. So, at the very beginning, you see a message: Bruce Wayne is dead. And and oh. he had he had recorded something. It's like, if you're if you're if you're seeing this message, it means that I am gone. I've destroyed the Batcave and blah 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 blah. And and you see a couple different people watching it, and and he says something to the effect of like, "You are the new generation. You are Gotham's knights." And the gameplay is going to be you're alternating between Batman or uh, Batgirl. Robin, Nightwing, and Red Hood. So basically, oh. like all, all of all of Batwing's proteges are coming together to to try and keep the streets clean in the wake of Batman's death. And the main villain is going to be the Court of Owls. What? Yes. How did is, I not see anything about this? This is very, very, very cool. Uh, I, I I feel like this is some of the best Batman related material. Uh, it, it's, it's set to come out next year. And it, it, it talks about like, like it, in the trailer, it's like uh, from, from vigilante to hero and from hero so... to night. Okay. Okay. And WB Montreal games made it too, which is who did Arkham city the Arkham, Arkham series, yeah. yeah, they, dude, this is gonna be so cool. I, I I know that we have Avengers coming out soonish uh, for for video games, but I feel like just as thoroughly as Marvel is is beating uh, DC in the cinematic universe, I feel like DC has that level of advantage over Marvel in the video game universe. Yeah, well, and something, I mean, Marvel, so they came out with their Spider-Man game fairly recently, but it, it's only available on PlayStation, and so oh, it's good. it caters to a specific, have you played it? Yeah, it was very oh, good. Oh, man. Is, so is the gameplay similar to, it seemed like it was similar fighting styles to the Arkham games or to, like, uh, Shadow of Mordor, similar? Yeah, so I, I actually... I went straight from Spider-Man into the Arkham series. I had never played it because I missed like two okay. generations of consoles. I, I basically jumped onto the PS4 <laughs> right before it, you know, go, goes off the cliff next yeah, year yeah, yeah. of being obsolete. Um, 
but I have thoroughly enjoyed the the, the Spider-Man series. It, it's it's a similar type of uh, t- type of combat style where you can, you know, like a, a lot of like close up hand to hand combat. Uh, with with the assistance of like webs and and some of your spidey abilities, but I I actually thought that the Spider-Man gameplay was a little more polished than the uh, than the Arkham series. So, okay, yeah, I like like I said, I I look forward to Marvel putting their best foot forward, but DC has has no no limit to their creativity. It seems when it comes to uh, them cooking up some of these video games and Gotham Knights looks very cool and very up your alley specifically. Man, I'm excited for that. So yeah, because one thing I just loved about the Arkham games was how like they they just everyone is included in it. Like everyone yeah. in the Batman universe is included in these games, and so to extend that further with because um, I believe. I believe I was Nightwing in Arkham Knight. I can't remember. Um, a couple of iterations of Robin have been in uh, some of the other games, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super stoked for this. That should be fun. Yeah. Well, anyway, other than that, like breaking news flash, uh, what, what's been going on with you? Uh, so getting ready for the school year uh i start i start teaching tomorrow so that will be uh crazy starting the, my career off so I, i'm excited um do you want me yeah. to call you mr warner or is skylar still no, cool no okay. don't call me do not don't mr yeah. skylar i i don't even call me yeah i <laughs> i don't even like i Skyler's great. <laughs> <laughs> I, I sorry, I lost my train of thought there, and then I muted myself. Um, that overall just was not a good, uh, not 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 very sleek on my part. But I, I I didn't mean to evoke some sort of like quarter or third life crisis uh, with, with with you being referred to no longer simply by your first name. I, I I'm I think I'm going to resign um, from teaching because of how triggering that was. Uh, good, good morning, class. Good morning, Mr. Warner. You like snap your chalk in half. <laughs> class dismissed. Where do we go? I said class dismissed. We, we, oh we don't have gosh. hall passes. We're gonna get in trouble. Well, it's crazy now too, especially with this year with COVID and everything. Um, just like there's so many risk mitigation things that are going in, like every hall is one way and like, students can't go and go go to the bathroom in between classes because we're trying to like uh limit gathering places um such as the bathroom and so it has to be done during class and yeah it's just it's wild so we're we're we're, get, we're getting ready for the the wild times to come yeah I, i'm glad however that children are like notoriously uh obedient when when it comes to uh, them, especially in large social settings. I, I, I see no issues with compliance on any of these rules. Uh, so <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad they have those in place. All right. Um, 
Well, that is, that's very fun. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. glad you're, glad you're getting settled in. What about you and Taylor? What's happening? Uh, so I, I actually just started school and I can tell you what, whatever compliance issues you're, you're going to have with, with your students. It seems that, uh, it, it, it seems that college freshmen are far worse at following orders than, than, than anyone else because on, on, on their first day, like before it, classes haven't even started yet for, for undergrads, but on the first day that freshmen were on campus, hundreds and hundreds of them were were gathering and made like a mosh pit and there were videos of like people grinding on each other and some guy doing what? like a backflip in the middle of a of a crowd yeah it 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 it, 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 it was bedlam <laughs> it's like it's like the, the funniest thing about that is that like like that's not even crap that happens normally like in between classes you're just walking up to people and grinding on them and <laughs> moshing yeah, that that actually is uh, usually <laughs> like pretty forbidden, expressly forbidden. Uh, uh, it, it, it's it's getting so bad that they've already reached out and pulled out the big guns. Uh, Ty Burrell, who plays Bill Dunphy for Modern Family, Penn State class of '97, recorded a video, basically telling everyone to mask up or pack up. Because if people aren't using masks, it, there, there's a very strong possibility that we're going to be doing this year remote. So they, they, they've, I mean, like I said, undergrad classes haven't even started and they've already played their ace. Wow. Yeah. The, gr the grinding thing is very strange, but I, I'm, I'm, why I'm, is that necessary? Uh, grinding or masks? No, no, no. I understand why masks. I understand the the necessity of masks, <laughs> but like, I, I'm just wondering how it starts. Like, it, like is this uh, people just going class to class? I, I mean, they don't even have classes going on. But. Yeah. So I, I I should explain. It it took place one night. So like. Oh, okay. So there's yeah. like a party or something going on. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking this was like the middle of the day. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're 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 out there sweating. <laughs> Oh my gosh! You you uh, you just you you see them jumping around, huge, uh, like pit stains, because uh, they've been just moshing at one thirty p.m. in broad oh daylight. Oh my gosh! No. Yeah, I don't I don't get these underground um like uh, the, the, these underground like anti-COVID parties that are popping up. Uh, if people are itching that much for socialization, it's like. There are better ways, I think, than to throw your mask off and grind on someone else that you care uh, about. A, 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 a viral speakeasy, a bacterial speakeasy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <sighs> Jeez. Um, yeah, but other than that, doing okay. Uh, Taylor went and was hanging out with some friends, and uh, they're, they're, they're kind of in, in the, the next town over. So she, she spent the day down there. Uh, they got lunch together, and she brought back half of a sandwich for me, which was, Ooh. yeah, very nice. That's but, always nice. So, so something that I realized, like, the day after sandwich can be very dicey. Soggy sometimes. Yeah, if, there, yeah. if there's tomato and mayonnaise, it usually can get soggy. 
so so this I, I I think the sandwich like the style of sandwich is just called a wedge where it's basically two slices of pita bread uh, cut cut diagonally with with whatever in it. Uh, Taylor told me that hers was served hot, but I lacked the patience or the tact to like figure out what what needed to be hot where. So I just whipped it out of the fridge, uh, opened it up, and I'll tell you what, like excellent, excellent sandwich. The pita wow. stayed together very well. There, there, there was some, uh, another smart thing was, I guess she got like a little cup of the oil and vinegar dressing or whatever. Uh, if it were me, I would have just like doused the entire thing. So I'm, I'm sure that at least one of the slices of pita would have practically been like jello by, by the time I got <laughs> oh. to part two of the sandwich. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that kept together very well. And nice. a, a good day after sandwich is just one, one of life's little treats, I think. Um, yeah. Trying to preserve a good, like, I don't know. Like, th there are very few things that like as sandwiches aside, like going to a restaurant, you have a good meal, you can't finish it. So you take it home. Oftentimes it's just not quite the same. And so we invested in an air fryer and mm -hmm. that really can, uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't go longer than 24 hours after, after eating like French fries but yeah. you can really uh, bring some French fries back to life with an air fryer. No, air, air fryers absolutely can revitalize some of those things. Um, I, I'm, I'm still looking for that silver bullet for like the half of a gourmet burger that you got. Uh, that, that one's always tough because if, if everything can get hot, I've, I've been known to just like pop the half a burger in the air fryer, but then your, your bread is like, basically a, a like like a matzah cracker by the time that it's it's out ah. um, <laughs> it, it, usually however i heat up the burger it it wants a pretty substantial amount of of condiments on it to make up for for the fact that i've turned it into jerky do you do you i'm guessing you take vegetables off when throwing it in the air fryer or do you just leave it all on uh, so that that is the tough thing like so like like we mentioned before if there's like lettuce and tomato i i try and spare that from the air fryer uh just because I, I feel like like even if it was kind of okay i i don't want a piping hot tomato on on my burger <laughs> um but but i've i've found in frankly, in the few instances where I bring home leftovers of a burger, uh, usually, usually it can all kind of kind of stay. So if it, if it's like a burger with say like like fried onions or whatever, maybe some bacon. Uh, I love a good like jalapeno on my burger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that usually it can stand the heat. Okay. Um, oh man, there was something I was going to ask. I forgot. Maybe I'll, I'll come back to it. We'll, we'll, we can roll on and I'll, uh, if I remember what I was going to ask, I'll, right. I'll bring it back up. I, I, I thought you were about to start us off on the fast five. I was like, whoa. All right. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're like, all right, let's get into the fast five. She was on the other foot. I got yeah. my own fast five. Okay. Um, so 
uh, kind of a teaser, a, a, a character reveal for James Gunn's The Suicide Squad dropped. Uh, this is this is kind of a sequel slash soft reboot of the beloved 2016 uh, Suicide Squad movie. James Gunn decided to differentiate it by adding a the. Um, yeah, which actually, like much much to my surprise, was very helpful when when googling stuff, but. Uh, have, have you seen some of the some of the characters that have come out like some some of the uh, so, some of the images I guess that that have been given for some of the characters? Yeah, the only one I saw I, I think actually might have been yesterday was Harley Quinn's um, outfit is more true to like the the comics. Mm -hmm. uh, it's more of like a I don't know like a combat suit. Um, if you even want to call it, I don't even know. It's not even a combat suit for, I, yeah, that, that, that's really the only thing I have seen. Um, and I don't, Will Smith isn't going to be in this, is he? No. He's not, right? It, he's, he's not, but I don't know if they would have had room on the poster for his name, even <laughs> if he was in it. I, I, I just sent you my, my favorite of the of the suit of the new Suicide Squad members. Is that Bruce from Finding Nemo? My name's Bruce. I'm in jail for manslaughter <laughs> and kidnapping. I'm trying to get ten years off of my sentence by working for the Suicide Squad. Uh, no, uh, he that 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 is, I believe it's just King Shark, maybe Shark King, but I'm pretty sure it's just King Shark. Shark Boy. It, this it yeah it's king shark uh it looks like it, it it absolutely looks like just something that someone would put in like a fake article um but now that you mention it he does bear an uncanny resemblance to bruce <laughs> I, frankly i'd love that you know uh my name's wow. bruce I got 25 years for vehicular manslaughter uh, off the coast of Sydney while trying to drive. I've been experimented upon and have grown arms and legs. And now I want to turn my life around. <laughs> um, what, what are your expectations for this? That's a good question. I, I, I was uh, cautiously optimistic for for this movie but now that i see not only some of the names that are attached to this but how many names i'm i'm getting worried again let, let me let me just uh oh let, yeah let me if you would let mind, me read to you. look it up uh and, and i'm gonna try and do this you know rapid speed so i'm sorry if i mispronounce some nope but you're good Margot robbie idris elba john cena joel kenneman jai courtney peter capaldi alice brega or Braga, Pete Davidson, David Desmalchian, uh, Michael Rooker, Taika Waititi, Nathan Fillion, Storm Reed, Dan Daniela Melikor, Steve Agee, Sean Gunn, uh, Joaquin Cosio, Juan Ciego Boto, Julio Ruiz, uh, oh, Flula Borg, uh, Tanashi Kajese, <laughs> Mei-Ling Ming, uh, Jennifer Holland, and Viola Davis. I don't even know wow. how many names I just read. 
Well, and what's interesting is you said Jai Courtney, who was Captain Boomerang. He's coming back. Uh, he, didn't he die in the in the first movie? Or I can't I, – I, it's been so long, yeah. I don't remember. But I, I got the impression that he was killed off. Jai Courtney and a character named Slipknot were, were introduced at the same time, uh, who both had similarly uh, confusing skills. Slipknot was good at, like – making knots and he he tried to escape immediately and the little chip inside his neck detonated and he died um but but it didn't matter because even in suicide squad there there were enough bad guys to not care about that that he he was hardly missed i don't know uh, unless some of these people are getting like half a cameo or 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 like we have we we have a scene where five or six of these people just say hey we're we're the backup squad how how are we gonna like see from much less care about any of these characters oh i i trust james gunn um i i'm interested though to see how not having the direction of Disney above him, how how that impacts his his ability to make a superhero film. Well, and and not not to mention he's he's doing some like image rehabilitation of this Suicide Squad brand because I, okay. I I feel like a lot of us were sold a false bill of goods. You you want to know something? I I feel like. Um, I feel like Netflix's The Umbrella Academy did a much better job of capturing the spirit that I thought I was going to be getting from um, from Suicide Squad because mm. in the in in the trailers you got like ballroom blitz playing while while there were these shootouts and and, and it felt like it was going to be like a fun up tempo movie, but they just made it like gritty, you know? It's like. It, it, it's it's gritty, and then there's the Joker. Well, who's this handsome? A hunka hunka. <laughs> yeah, it, it it was. I, I don't even know what to say about it. Wait, who directed the Suicide Squad? Or Suicide uh, Squad? Sorry, David Ayers. Ah, uh, which David Ayers has done some good stuff, hasn't he? I I, I yes. maybe I'm wrong here. Okay, I type. Oh wait, David Ayers. I I got Canadian hockey coming up. Me too. Is it just Ayer? Director David Ayer. Oh, it's just it's just David Ayer. Apologies. Okay. 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 So David Ayer. He. He did Fury. Oh okay. Oof, no. end of watch end of watch is good he did uh the tax collector which came out which is the one where shia labeouf got a full full chest tattoo for it and it is oh. apparently a stinker he did, he did training day man he, oh he like really has just kind of one one note in his repertoire yeah going back to that u571 is great wow I, I don't know why uh, Joker pops up. Um, 
I don't, he must have been involved somewhat in Joker. I don't know. Maybe he was a producer or something. And I, I feel like once you're in the DC family, you just get an executive <laughs> producer credit on every following <laughs> film. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, I... I'll, I'll probably see it because it has James Gunn's name attached to it. Um, I may I'm, wait I'm to see, see what I may wait to see what the reviews are like. If it comes out and has a twenty percent in Rotten Tomatoes, it's likely I will not see it. I'm I'm gonna see it no matter what. Um, I I don't know if I'm more concerned about Nathan Fillion or Pete Davidson in the cast. Uh, but both of those feel strongly out of place in this film. But um, did you see Birds of Prey? No, I did not. I have not seen that either. But I heard some really good things about it. Maybe we can review it. Okay, that might we might have to put that on the list. All right. Uh, let's let's move on. So there 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 was a teaser that you mentioned earlier uh, of of the Robert Pattinson the Batman. Hmm. Uh, it, it, I mean, it, it just kind of gave us an idea of some of the visuals and like a little, little taste of what kind of, uh, what, what kind of movie we'd be getting. What, what are your thoughts? Like, are you, uh, I'm so excited for it. Okay. Um, I'm excited for it. And do you know what is so strange? I was thinking about it is that I don't know why we keep getting so many Batman reboots when there have been so many stinkers out there. Like, why don't I, I, sorry, I should say, I don't, I understand why we get so many reboots within a, such a short time frame. when there have like Ben Affleck's Batman was not great by any mean. And I, I think it, it's, it, maybe it's just a cash grab um, on, on the part of DC or I, it's probably Warner Brothers that's producing this, but um, I that that's something that's kind of interesting to me. But I I, I think it it's going to bring a different Batman for us. Like Robert Pattinson definitely looks very he he looks like someone who would be uh, listening to Green Day or um, or, or uh, what what were we talking about earlier? Oh, Welcome to the Black Parade, like. Uh, th- th- I think there's just like a a snapshot of him with like his his long uh, emo haircut with right. he, he he's got some black um, uh, like eyeliner on or something like that for from he had just gotten out of the costume it looks like uh, but no I think I I think it'll be good that was just kind of a a silly joke but um, I'm excited to see the Riddler as a main villain how. Yeah how that how they're planning on incorporating i don't know because the riddler is very much uh like he beats you with his mind and he never physically puts up any sort of fight um even in like cartoons or comic uh comic versions where that that's who the batman's going up against um it's it usually involves uh, it, it once it comes down to hand-to-hand combat, the Batman has won. Yeah. Um, but it, it involves the Batman getting into, like, getting to the Riddler through, like, 
you know, this maze or puzzle or, or yeah. series of things. And so, yeah, I'm excited to see how they'll, and for that reason, I should say, it, it seems hard to make him into a main villain. Um, so I, I'm excited to see what, the, what they're able to do with it. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, there, there, there is some trouble uh, finding a way to make Mr. Edward Nigma a, uh, a, a like quite the same menace that that some of the other uh, Batman villains have, have been able to be morphed into. But to, to your point about the constant reboots, I, I think that Batman, like all all movies, and especially like aspirational or like fantasy-esque uh movies like super superhero movies they're they're kind of like a mirror on on society right they 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 show our aspirations or like how we view ourselves and, and so uh I, I was listening to an interview with uh it might have been joseph gordon levitt uh, anyhow uh, an actor who talked about how superman isn't really that relatable anymore because we, we we don't have an appetite for like the knight in shining armor as much as we do as a flawed complex uh like constantly failing but never stop trying to be better type of hero i i, I think that batman fits that mold a lot better uh so, someone who you know was was marred by tragedy and 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 is committed to like making the world a better place anyway um i i i too am looking forward to this i believe i read that this batman is taking place on like earth two uh so 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 it's almost going to be like a uh, an alternate reality and they and they did mention specifically that this is going to be an alternate reality of batman in which the joker does not exist so oh, okay yeah so go go ahead like if you if you were planning on on having the joker in the batman 2 or as a surprise guest in this movie you can scratch that one off which i i mean that that kind of thing happens in comics right like like a whole story could be told without any mention of you know victor zaz or catwoman or anything and so in your mind, like they, they do exist in Batman's universe, but they're not relevant at all to this story. And so for the purpose of it, you don't even need to think about it. Right. Um, yeah, so that that looks fun. I, I think what, watching, like seeing some of the stills and, and looking at it, I, I got some of the same uh, vibes that you did. And the, the best way I can describe this is it looks gritty, but not in a Zack Snyder way. Uh, like, like DC for a long time has had a very particular uh, image when, when it comes to the kind of movies that they're creating. And gritty is often the word that's tossed around. But I, I, I think that this is coming at it from, uh, from a slightly different angle. But who knows? Yeah. Maybe it will be coming at it from the exact same angle and, and they'll make fools of us all. Do we know uh, what this is called? Is it called The Batman? Yeah, I believe it's just called The Batman. I, who's directing this? Oh, Matt Reeves. Matthew Reeves, yeah. Oh, this is going to be great. I love Matt Reeves. Yeah, this, this, 
there there is a lot riding on this movie i think like j- just in terms of dc's ability to to create um i i i, I don't want to say like more dark knight level material but but i think that this is going to be an impasse where either either dc is able to create kind of that next level of of entertainment and, and and like and subject matter or they just stick with with what they've got and some will work uh like like wonder woman i thought i thought shazam was like pretty good yeah shazam uh, wasn't bad yeah or you know and and then the other ones so we'll we'll have to wait and see on that uh last bit of dc news and th- this one we just we we got two teasers one was for wonder woman 84 i i, I guess the, these are like full-fledged trailers one yeah. for wonder woman 84 and one for uh the snyder cut of justice league i i i feel like we've given dc plenty of plenty of airtime i just want to know which one are you more excited for and why Hmm. More excited for the Justice League Snyder cuts because I don't want like I thought Wonder Woman was so great that I feel like it has more to lose by having a poor sequel and the Justice League was so bad that like it has a lot to gain from a, a Snyder cut possibly revamping things and so I'd say I'm more excited for that. I want to be much more excited for Wonder Woman, but I'm afraid. I just don't want it. I don't want it to let me down. Yeah, I, I like it's it's crazy to even say that that one of these movies has expectations attached and it's not the Snyder Cut because like there there was a massive online campaign that reached the ears of of some of the characters like Jason Momoa was talking about release the Snyder cut. Uh, it, it, it was this huge, like groundswell. Right. Um, but I, I too, I don't know. I just, I get the feeling that wonder woman 84 isn't going to, to capture that same lightning in a bottle that, that it seemed that wonder woman was what was able oh. to grab. The, the the no man's land scene in Wonder Woman was was oh my gosh like it gives you the chills like there there wasn't there, there are heart, there are very few superhero movies that like the superhero realized it like that she came into herself yeah in that scene and it was just the coolest oh it was awesome I loved it no it, it was great and uh not not for nothing i'm i'm gonna need like i'm i'm kind of okay with the idea that chris pine is back but i i'm I'm gonna need like some 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 real footing in uh, in, in in reality if i'm to accept that like i i i will accept that maybe there's some sort of like you know crazy new technology that allows for this but I, I I don't I don't want it to be like like a fight club reveal where it's like I'm you. I've been you all along. <laughs> so okay, 
Well, you actually bring up an interesting point with this. Um, and we, this is a much bigger conversation that maybe we should have in a different episode. But um, what, what kind of stuff are you okay with? Uh, and I feel like it's, it's harder with DC because a lot of times DC tries to feel more um, real yes. world than Marvel yes. does. And, and so, like, for example, in, in the comics, uh, Ra's al Ghul um, survives. He, he's, he's eternal or immortal because of the Lazarus Pit, which he's able to preserve himself in. And, um, you know, you wouldn't see something like that in a Christopher Nolan movie. Um, it's very much, we talked about, I think, when we, when we reviewed Batman Begins, it's like, it it's, tries to avoid the supernatural. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and so, like, would you be averse to them putting something, like, similar to that into Wonder Like, that's how Chris Pine's character comes back, or not yeah. necessarily the Lazarus Pit, but something supernatural. So are, are, are you familiar with the Uncanny Valley? No. Okay, so it, it's, it's this idea when when you're creating certain things that like you can you can create cartoons and they're fine and you can create things that look like humans and 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 it's fine but there's this valley in between where if something looks somewhat humanoid but not fully humanoid it evokes this like primal fear or rage in people uh and 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 you'll see so sometimes you'll just see things that look really bad that, uh, that, that trigger that, and sometimes it's used intentionally. I, I bring that up to say, I feel like DC finds itself in an uncanny valley of, of this suspension of disbelief, where like, so, so for example, Tony Stark is, is introduced to us as this like, super genius guy who can build anything, make anything, and he's got unlimited money. And so in, in Iron Man, when he makes the suit, we're like, okay, that, that tracks. All, all the way through to, and, and like, there are these incremental increases and he gets better and better and he has cooler tech. And, and we never bat an eye. I'm, I'm never thinking like, uh, uh, Tony, what, what's going on with all those other suits you've got? Uh, are you disposing of those properly? Or, you know, what, what, what's the deal? Uh, but DC has tried to anchor itself in, in reality, sometimes to great effect, like, like the, the idea that Ra's al Ghul isn't immortal as much as he is like an idea that, 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 that perpetrates that that's really cool. But if, because they don't have that same, like, credibility that they've built up where uh, look uh, you know marvel i i feel like sometimes just winks at us and is like this is a comic book okay like it's a comic book uh whereas whereas dc has has shied away from that as much as they can uh i i, I think that at some point they were talking about how like some of superman's powers are are due to the fact that uh gravity is so much less intense on earth yeah Yes, yes. Yeah. And, and so... I, I think in Man of Steel it talks about that. Yeah. So if, if everything has to have, like, a down-to-earth terrestrial explanation, 
I don't know how you're going to convince me that Chris Pine, World War One veteran, uh, just pops up in 1984. Well, and, and the other thing I was thinking about that Marvel does a good job of, like, so like Thor was its own movie before he came into the Avengers. And so within the scope of just Thor, um, you can kind of like see like, oh, he exists uh, on this own, on his own planet, comes to earth, um, still has these capabilities, becomes a hero. And then, so when he's thrown into the Avengers, you, you, you kind of, they, they don't necessarily have to even show Asgard for you to know like, oh, this is, he's completely separate than all these other, you know, people here. And so, um, which I, and I don't think DC has necessarily like making justice league before you make any of the other movies, I, I think maybe plays into that a little bit, but pretty bold it is. And, and, Geez, calling it Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice—that that was equally <laughs> bold. Uh, yes. Like, it just t- tipping people off like three years before they even got the Justice League movie. Like, hey, it's coming. Right. Anyhow, uh, I I I look forward to the Snyder cut, and and I look forward to Wonder Woman. 84 because if it's anywhere close to the original movie it will be a great great film and i i look forward to it but i i just think it's it's going to be hard for each of the movies in in different ways to live up to the to the hype that that it has that it has built and and just very quickly the the Snyder cut it, it was announced it's going to be four one hour segments so 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 it's going to be released in like these four episode snippet bits but it's basically going to be a four hour movie okay yeah all right um, stepping away from DC uh, Robert De Niro Jared Leto Al Pacino and Adam Driver are all set to join on with Lady Gaga in the film Gucci which is going to be directed by Ridley Scott. Uh, Lady Gaga is set to play Patrizia Reggiani, ex-wife of Marizo Gucci, who orchestrated her ex's assassination on his office steps in 1995. Wow. That sounds really good. I'd be interested to see that. the fact that it's direct, I'm a huge fan of Ridley Scott, so I will likely see it. Um, I'm. This seems kind of outside of his realm. Typically, uh, he. I feel like he does a lot of sci-fi stuff, so this is kind of a different step for him. But that sounds great. That sounds like something I'd love to see. Yeah, I. I had all of the same thoughts that you did. Uh, so Ridley Scott, we've got Alien, Blade Runner, Prometheus, Gladiator, like the whole Alien series. <laughs> right. Uh, the The Martian, Black Hawk Down, Kingdom of Heaven, American Gangster. I, I guess Thelma and Louise. Like I, I guess some of these. Okay. Kind American of, Gangster kind of fits in. Yeah, yeah, and and then even I guess like in a small way, like Thelma and Louise, you you can see that he's right. kind of borrowing. Uh, from from some previous experience, but, right. but but I think 
on the whole, th this does feel like a a bit of a zig uh, in yeah in, in his. Oh, he he did of course do the 2020, uh, 20, 2010 film Robin Hood, starring Russell Crowe and Kate Blanchett. So interesting. Yeah, got got a got a solid forty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, <laughs> maybe he'll be using some of the techniques that he learned while filming that movie uh, when doing this. I did not hear about this, so this is uh, something I'll have to look some more into. Man, Ridley Scott is 82 years old. Holy cow. Yeah. He's done a lot. Like, right. did you ever see Legend? That was Tom Cruise's first movie, I think. Uh, no, I have not seen Legend. 1985. Uh, oof. 38% on Rotten Tomatoes, but 6.5 oh, on IMDb. I love Legend. I love Legend. But uh, I've only, I haven't seen it since I was... I mean, a little kid, so maybe it's actually terrible. Who knows? Oof. It made, uh, oh, yeah, it, it didn't even make back its budget. Thir 30 oh. million budget, 23.5 million uh, world, oh, worldwide box Man. office. Now I, look, now I look like a real fool. But hey, it, it has Tim Curry in it as darkness. Yeah, he's scary. like the devil. Ugh. Tim Curry has never been afraid to... Uh, to take on like a very, I don't know, uh, traumatic, traumatizing role, trauma-inducing right. role. That, that, that's what I meant to say. It's freaking it with the with the video box. He's got the claw. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. Uh, what did you say that was called? Is it called Gucci? Yeah, just just gonna okay. be called Gucci. Um, okay. I, I I think there there is a real appetite for true crime investigations and and i think this this has kind of all of the all of the elements of uh, that, that that would intrigue a modern audience uh you, you've got like love Definitely. uh i i i wouldn't be surprised if there was like infidelity involved uh, obviously mm. a, a murder assassination um I, I have to assume that if you're bringing in Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, there are going to be some sort of mob ties because it feels like you can't yes. have a mob movie without De Niro and Pacino. That, yeah. And Joe Pesci. I'm surprised he's, he didn't make the list. I know he just, he, he's, he's still warming up. He, he's trying to get fresh legs. <laughs> you, you retire for 20 years. You, you've got to take them, take them a little bit slower than you used to um yeah weren't they all in the irishman together that came out last year did you see that yep. no Still i have on not Netflix, watched it though. either yeah that's uh who did that one uh that was scorsese scorsese that's right that's right yeah yeah you know scorsese one i've been really wanting to see is um the Wait, one that let me has guess. okay doubt no uh, the, the 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 one with the priests who yes yes that, Is that, was not his called passion, doubt? that was his passion project. Yeah. I thought it was called doubt. The one with Adam driver yeah. and Liam Neeson. Yeah. Um, maybe oh, it no. was. No doubt is a 2008 movie, uh, starring, starring Philip Seymour Hoffman and Meryl Streep and Amy Adams. 
1964, the winds of change are sweeping through Sister Elanius's St. Nicholas School. Father Flynn, a charismatic priest, is advocating reform of the school's strict customs. And the first black student has just been accepted when a fellow nun tells Sister Aloysius that Father Flynn may be paying too much personal attention to the student. Sister Aloysius begins a personal crusade against the priest, despite her lack of evidence. Um, this one's called heavy. Silence. Oh, Silence. Anywho, um, yes, I, I had a feeling that you were going to say that. Is it streaming anywhere? Probably wouldn't be good to do a review. Might just be. A, I, I've also a heard it's like three and a half hours long. Yeah, it, <laughs> I, I'm just imagining us like, so uh, what? What did you think about those priests being tortured? <laughs> like, evocative, yeah, very. It's uh, great. Very strong acting. I I really believed Andrew Garfield when he was, like, when when, when rats were eating his stomach. <laughs> Oh gosh! This has been a pretty graphic pod so far. This, yeah, this has been dark. Um, does the next, does our next uh, Fast Five brighten things up? A little bit. Uh, okay. Okay. So part of the Tenet score dropped, and it featured guest vocals from Travis Scott, Cactus Jack himself. Uh, Nolan said that quote Travis Scott's voice became the final piece in a year long puzzle. Uh, I mean, cool. Like, yes. I, I don't know. I, if, if I had a hundred guesses as to who would guest vocal part of the tenant score, I, I, I don't, I don't know if I would have even gotten close to Travis no, Scott. No way. Well, and, and what's so interesting is like, um, if you watch the trailer, it has Travis Scott in it. Or sorry, not him, but it has his 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 lyrics and yeah. his sounds in it, and it does not feel Christopher Nolan-y at all. And so, like to hear him say like that was the final piece gets me really like, oh, that's awesome! I'm so excited for it. No, I I, I agree. Um, it it doesn't feel like a like a traditional Nolan film. Uh, I I don't know. Like a story, I, I hope, yeah. I I hope that's a good thing. Like part um, of. Sorry, no, keep finishing. Uh, no, no, just like p part of being an artist is growth. And so right. I, I'm, I'm hoping that, that this is just like an evolution of, of Christopher Nolan's uh, personal personal development as, as an artist uh, and, and not that one of his children was like, Dad, can you please, please, please have Travis Scott be on, on the soundtrack? Did you watch the trailer then? Yes, I did. Uh, did you catch what it said at the end of the trailer? Probably not. No. The end of the trailer said, coming to theater September 3rd where, th where movies are being shown. Mm, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, well, uh, so I saw that, but some, uh, some, like, internationally, reviews are already popping up of the movie so like you already need to have your 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 spoiler blinders on yep i might i might just sell my computers uh need need, need money for tenant movie tickets <laughs> cash only so, and, and so i'm not tempted to look at spoilers yes 
uh, I, I honestly, I don't know. I'm, I'm usually pretty good with spoilers, but at the same time, like I, this is a movie where I feel like if you know something before going in, a lot is going to be lost, but I want to be, I, I, I want to be like captain of my own destiny. I I, I don't want to accidentally see a tenant spoiler. Yes. Same here. But does that mean that I have to just go spoil it for myself preemptively? (laughs) I I should just unfollow all of my friends that don't live in the U S that's true that's true because we like in in terms of entertainment we're we're technically in a bubble right now as, yep. as it relates to tenant anywho uh l- looking forward to it i hope we get to see it soon me too okay before we get into our review of jurassic park uh i i want to give you one last chance to rescind your take oh no if human centipede is a romantic movie i totally forgot about the human centipede thing um i don't want to rescind because then i'll look like a coward no i'm like that i'm like so stubborn that i will not concede (laughs) that you're right (laughs) no no pride here but I need you to to take that back because it's it 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 was deeply troubling when you said it, and it's only gotten worse. Well, I think the biggest issue is when I said it initially. It was it was rooted in nothing. Like yes. it, it it didn't have Very any clearly. backing. And, Very clearly. And I was really hoping throughout the week I could find something to support my. You, you, you cut out there for a second. Oh, okay. I, I, sorry, I was just going to say, um, I, I couldn't find anything to support my argument. Um, I, I'm, I haven't given up yet, though, and I'm going to keep digging. So I'd say okay. give, me one, give me one more week, and, and I'll, have, I'll have something for you. Here's the deal. I'm never going to bring it up again. If you want to uh, <laughs> tackle that, feel free. Okay, I, I can't. I'm I'm not willing at this point to <laughs> to swallow my pride here. So, so yeah, so so you you will neither you will neither cede the point nor give me any justification. But you're 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 ready to return to it at some point. Yes. All right. Uh. Well, fair enough. Our our review this week is Jurassic Park Two. Um. This is probably the least popular of the franchise. <laughs> Just I kidding. would say Jurassic World 2 might might be more unpopular. I have never watched like I've I've never been more angry at a movie than Jurassic World 2 Fallen Kingdom. I hate it. It's 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 probably my least favorite movie ever made. Um, I could be mixing things here. Was there a mech dinosaur in that? A mech dinosaur? Like, like, like I, I can't remember like what the robot? name. Yeah, yeah, was there some sort of mech? Like, was that was that what the the main, uh, like antagonist was? Was this mech dinosaur? I don't, I don't really remember if it was yeah. like a hybrid uh, something. So I, I, I think they called it like an Indoraptor or something. 
but the idea was that this was a fully weaponized dinosaur. So like it, it's, it's just like a raptor, but it's smarter and it's got like sharper claws. And they, 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 they were talking about how, hey, look, it's, it's trained so that if you use this assault rifle that has like this special thing where it, it, it'll emit a high-pitched sound wave at your enemies, you just point this gun, press the button that emits the sound wave, and then the raptor knows to attack. It's like... Why don't you just use a gun? Yeah, if you're within firing range, <laughs> why, why do you need this prehistoric animal to, to you know, tear your, tear your enemies oh, to tatters? Oh, my gosh. Okay, that makes anyway. sense. Anyway. Yeah, and it's, it's, like, it's like, let's spend this money on creating a dinosaur and a gun that emits the uh, em- emits this sound um, mimicking the call of, of a raptor rather than just right. getting, you know, something that can take down your, your foe. F- far more useful would just be like, it, it, it equip the raptors with like, with the ability to, uh, to parachute in, just drop them off behind enemy lines. Like they know what to do. We, yeah. we've, we've seen it time and time again. They're, they're pretty indiscriminate in who they, in who they kill. They, they don't need uh, a signal. Just go to where all the bad people are, drop them in, and they'll, they'll get the job done, no questions. It seems to always come back to the raptors, doesn't it? It does, and I'm going to get to that. I, I oh, very okay. quickly, I, I said no questions. Uh, the, the, the phrases that I was between are no question or no questions asked, so... Just okay. wanted to get out ahead of that. Um, but we are reviewing Jurassic Park, the first one, the good one. Uh, this is directed by Steven Spielberg, one of the classic summer blockbuster movies. Uh, we, we have paleontologists Alan Grant, played by Sam Neill, and Ellie Sattler, played by Laura Dern, are joined by mathematician Ian, uh, Ian Malcolm, played by Jeff Goldblum, uh, they're, they're among a select group chosen to tour an island theme park populated by dinosaurs created from prehistoric DNA. While the park's mastermind, billionaire John Hammond, played by Richard Attenborough, assures everyone that the facility is safe, they find out otherwise when various ferocious predators break free and go on the hunt. This made $1.03 billion on a $63 million budget, and as I mentioned, is one of, the, one of the movies that most people think of when they think of summer blockbusters. So, Skylar, really quick, out of 100, what did you give this movie? Um, okay, out of 100, I decided to give it an 89. Um, I, 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 it, this doesn't have anything to do with uh, where I rank it among Jurassic Park movies, like you, I believe this is the best of the Jurassic Park movies. Um, I, that was just kind of standard-wise where I held it. Uh, so yeah, I gave it an 89, which is by no means a poor score. Um, I, I feel like not giving it a 90, people might think it's sliding it in some sense. Uh, but just the fact that it's a blockbuster, I, I, I don't think it deserves, I don't know, like insane praise it's a great movie it it is a great movie um a classic and yeah i i I think everyone in this world has probably at some point wanted to be um 
Laura Dern or Sam Neill uh, from Jurassic Park because of how cool they both were. I, ever since I was a little boy, I dreamed of being Laura Dern, <laughs> be, being wrapped up in Probably. Sam Neill's uh, rippling forearms and, and, and just knowing that if he could ever find it in himself to love children the way that I do, he'd be a perfect father to my spawn. <laughs> um, so I gave this movie a 92 out of 100. I, I think that I kind of fell the near, near where you did, uh, just in terms of enjoyment. It's, it's a really, really good movie. Uh, and, and I feel like I'm probably going to be more critical in my analysis of this movie than I am other other movies that are a 92 out of 100 or like in that low 90s range because 90 that's a that's a great classic movie and 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 to me that's like that that's where Jurassic Park belongs it's it has captured the imagination of now generations of of viewers uh some of the practical effects are just incredible like you uh when 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 Sam Neill I can't remember if this was the first, second, or third time that he intentionally sabotaged uh, uh, Mr. Hammond's little tour that he was just he was just trying to show him the island and they kept hopping out of the cars like maniacs. But uh, they they go and see one of the larger uh, dinosaurs. I think it was like a triceratops. But uh, Laura Dern is trying to figure out what's, what's making him sick. And Sam, oh, yeah. you know, like, Put, puts his chest and, and head on the on, on like the underside stomach of the uh, of the dinosaur and he's being lifted up and it, it, it just that makes you smile like that scene yeah. makes me smile just yeah. watching it yeah no it, it's it, it's really really uh, fun like it, it, it's just it's it's a very competently made movie that doesn't take itself too seriously at any point. Uh, which I think is one of the things that makes Spielberg movies so classic, but is also one of the things that I am beginning to miss about 90s movies. Because I feel like now, if you want to make like a prestige level movie, it, it has to be, or at, at least most of them, it seems, it has to be like extremely self-serious. Uh, and you, 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 you have to like, put on airs to uh to to try and let people know hey this is a good movie uh but you know it's it's a fun watch one one thing that i want to talk about is um i it, pacing wise i felt like there were parts that were a little bit slower than i remember them being and i don't know if that is just you know so, something that like is shared among a lot of viewers if, if it's if it's part of this uh, culture that we've kind of entered into in the last 10 years where stimulation needs to come like pretty fast and frequently uh, to, to keep viewers engaged or, or what. So anyhow, we, we can, uh, we, we can get into all that, but uh, we, we have kind of our introduction to, uh, to Dr. Grant and Dr. Sattler. They're, they're out like mining for uh, mining for dinosaur bones. They probably don't call it mining, but you you know they, they they've got their brushes <laughs> out. What one thing like this is such a small uh, 
such a small nitpick, but uh-huh. Dr. Grant is, is cast as this guy who like, he cares about dinosaur bones more than anything, right? So like John, John Hammond comes screaming across the sky in his chopper. <laughs> and he's like, cover the bones, cover the bones. They, they're like trying to throw tarp <laughs> over everything. But throughout the entire movie, he keeps uh, a velociraptor talon in his pocket and yep. to me it just feels like if 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 the preservation of these ancient ancient relics is like your life's work you you probably wouldn't just pocket one and like you know keep keep it around that that being said it was uh it, it, it was thematically a, a nice touch like having that around and and, and of course, it was a great prop once the kids came in. He could yeah! show them, you know, just just how badly they could be gored by the now uh, reanimated velociraptors. Um, are you aware of the uh, are you aware of the fan theory that that uh, corresponds to the scene you just described with the chopper and and well, I guess it would be right before that, but where they're uncovering dinosaur fossils and you know, he's scaring the kids with the, with the talon. Um, I, I'm not familiar. Does this have to do anything? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to keep it in the universal theme park okay, uh, okay. Like continuity. It were, were they like very nearly about to find like the mummy or something? And <laughs> And, and no, John, John, no, John no. Hammond actually came there to intercept them <laughs> no, from, from discovering no. the mummy. This is not a shared universe. Um, I, so the fan theory that was popular when Jurassic World came out was that this little boy who um, Dr. Grant puts the Velociraptor talon to and it, to his tummy, um, the, the fan theory... <laughs> it, <laughs> The fan theory is that that is Owen uh, Grady, who's Chris Chris Pratt's uh, character. Um, yeah, there, there it turns out it's true. There is some uh, there, there there is some crossover. So I I noticed in in this watch, like the evil conspiring doctor in Jurassic World. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the the Asian doctor, he's actually in Jurassic Park, and and in yes. that he's he's kind of he's not like the head scientist. He he's more like a uh, I I I don't want to call him like an intern, but I I, I think he's, he's janitor. <laughs> hey, you you guys want to get in here? I uh, I got keys. Um, no, uh, like who let you in? Um, <laughs> Uh, he he just he strikes me as more like hey we got guests you you got to take them around and and show them everything like you know he he's not head baller shot caller yet but then in Jurassic World seemingly like I, I I might have to watch Jurassic World one again to to understand his uh, motivations but it it felt like he just kind of randomly turned. Like in, in in Jurassic World, they're like, "Hey, remember this guy? He he, he was on screen for two or three minutes. Well, now he's bad." Well, it, it, yeah, it, it almost. I mean, I'm guessing it was a money thing, right? Like the whole the whole like story with Jurassic World, to me at least, was that it was uh, the, I mean, a park 
um, that became about money rather than dinosaurs, which is kind of interesting, I guess, because as far as Jurassic Park goes, like, I don't feel like money was really the motivation at all. Like, I felt like uh, John Hammond was very much interested in dinosaurs um, being the primary, like, just to entertain, I think, was, was the primary goal of his and uh, money just being a byproduct of that. Well, so to that point, um, J- Jurassic Park was based on a book by Michael, uh, Michael Crichton. Yeah. And it, one, one of the like, one of the biggest changes that Spielberg made in the film adaptation is that in the book, John Hammond is this cold, calculating billionaire. He, he's like a Scrooge McDuck, basically. Like he, he just wants to sit there and count his riches and, and to him, this is just another business venture that, that will bring him wealth beyond his wildest imagination. But as, as, as Spielberg was reading the book, he, he was enthralled with this, with this world that was being created. And so he made John Hammond a little bit older, a little more like jolly. I, you know, he, he brought the kids in to to convey the fact that Hammond was doing this uh, out of like, out, out of joy and, and love and like a, a, a genuine fascination with, with this world that's being created, not, not just in the pursuit of riches. So I, I, I think there is something to that, uh, that, that was intentionally placed in this movie. Um, I was reading, uh, in an article fairly recently that uh, Steven Spielberg um, first heard about this book, Jurassic Park, when he and Michael Crichton were both working on the set of ER together. And this was before Michael Crichton had even published the book. How and interesting. So, so Spielberg had started uh, production of this film before the book was released. And so it was not long after the book was released that the film ended up coming out. Well, and, and to that point, uh, Jurassic Park was, was such a hit that there was like an immediate appetite for a, for a sequel, but they wanted Michael Crichton to write the book that then Spielberg would, Mm. would adapt for film. And I, so there, there, there was a pretty quick turnaround and I wonder if that may have uh, may, may, may have sown the seeds of destruction for for the sequel, which was not as good, uh, and, right? And could only especially the movie. I feel right. like the book the book gets a better rap than the movie does, but yeah, I agree. Vince Vaughn as a lead as as a lead in like a serious role. I don't know how that ever goes over very well. Vince Vaughn. Oh yes, I, I I for a moment was thinking Rob Schneider, and I was like, hey, you know that guy who's about to do Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo? Let's let let's get him for this movie as well. Oh gosh. Um. Yeah. I mean. Anyway, like we we can. It it seems inevitable uh, that that we will have to do some comparing and contrasting of this movie with. Jurassic World, uh, so so we'll we'll save some of that. But but anyhow, we we kind of find ourselves in the uh, in, in the world. It, it, is this Isla Nubar? Uh, that that's the I, name I'm, of this I'm one. I'm pretty or sure is that the other Isla, one? 
East, is it Isla Nublar? Nublar or is it Nubar? I think it's Nublar. Isla Nublar. Um, yes, yeah. yes. Oh, okay. what do you know? Yeah, not a real island. I, I, I thought this was a documentary. Holy cow. Um, <laughs> is this a historical, uh, historical yeah. fiction here? <laughs> It, 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 it's just found footage like the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> My name is uh, John Hammond. And the other one is Isla Sorna. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nice. a real island, though. Wait, is that research? Oh, wait, no, it's not. Never mind. Um, okay. Anyway, so one thing. Okay. Did you think, aren't the grandkids in this so annoying? Yes. Hammond's Hammond's grandkids are the worst. Yes. Gosh. So I knew it was coming. My my wife did not. And so when uh, when when the boy gets ten thousand volts running through him for a few (laughs) seconds, I I was cracking up. And Taylor looked at me horrified, like, "What are you laughing about? This is funny." Like, they're 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 like. Hurry, jump! He's like, I don't wanna. We'll catch you. Jump! He's like, I don't know. It's like, here, <laughs> come on, one, two, and then you see Laura Dern put the power Blast breaker him. back on. Yeah. Oh gosh. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I know we're putting a pause on the debate between or, or the, the comparisons between Jurassic World and Park. But I'm trying to decide which of the kids were more annoying between the the two movies. Um, oh, oh, oh. I don't know. Yeah, it 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 seems Comparable. that it 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 seems that the that the franchise can't exist without an annoying pair of siblings. Um, <laughs> but there there are so many little things about this movie that I think have like since become iconic. That that at the time. Like that that Barbasol trick that that Wayne Wayne Knight does, it, it's it's fun, but it also feels especially Spielberg. And I don't know what I mean by that, but like just the the idea that there's this cool little gadget uh, that can be hidden in plain sight, it it just I don't know it it works. It it feels very at home within Spielberg's uh, domain. Also. Wayne Knight's death in that is probably the most horrifying scene of the whole movie. Like, I, I think we can all agree that that is the most terrifying dinosaur. Yikes. Yeah. As, as a kid, I grew up, uh, I, I still am very afraid of nearly everything, but I grew up with this like fascination <laughs> of, uh, of like the scary and macabre, uh, like things that were coming out around my childhood. So for example, I had a Xenomorph and a uh, Predator action figure. Like I had no idea what the movie was about. I, I just knew it was cool that the alien had elevator teeth and stuff. And I, uh, same, the, the same with Jurassic Park. I had one of like the, the things with the huge guild, I, I, I don't know, hooded, uh, hooded face that that eventually killed Wayne Knight who uh, why why can't he just in one movie be like a cool morally upstanding guy he he's always got to be like the sneaky uh 
he's he's always the one who thinks that he's like the smartest guy in the room and then you realize that there's toilet paper on his shoe I think he was actually playing I, – I think that role was Newman. Like, I think he was – like, that was his character. They just wrote Newman into the script. Well, <laughs> uh, like, what, what, whatever his name is, he, he walks in, and Samuel L. Jackson, who I totally forgot was in this movie. Yeah. Uh, he, he walks in, and Samuel L. Jackson's like, hello, Doctor, you know, Doctor Green. <laughs> he he ba- he basically plays the same character in Toy Story Two as well. Uh, that that yeah, toy yeah. collector who like Al Al's toy barn. Yeah, nabs Woody. <laughs> and, and and then he make <laughs> he makes a commercial after after uh, Jesse and Bullseye and and Woody escape, and he's just weeping. <laughs> <laughs> on, a, on a commercial and TV. He's like, and then decides to air it. Yeah. Like, like, you're like, what? That, that one looks good. Come on down to <laughs> Al's toy bar. <laughs> He's just heartbroken. That's too good. Mm. Uh, well, okay. So one thing. Oh yeah. So back to Samuel Jackson being in this, mm-hmm. um, he has one of the most like iconic. Well, I guess Wayne, uh, Wayne Knight actually has an iconic line here too, right? Like that have so many um, memes have been made from the, like, uh, Dotson. We got Dotson here. Oh yeah. <laughs> see, nobody cares. So like uh, that. That's that was something that was just a, a funny scene in the movie, mm-hmm. um, but has like grown into something so much bigger than what it was intended over, you know, the the span, especially over the last ten years. Um, as memes have blown up, but Samuel Jackson's line though, hold on to your butts, right? Yes. Yes. That is, that is like such an iconic line too. And that was improvised. I'm pretty sure like Samuel Jackson comes up with these, these dumb lines that you're just like, what? And ends up being iconic. It, it must be so hard for Samuel L. Jackson. I, I, like at, at this point, he like, like, him cursing has become such a meme that he's like jumped the shark and sometimes he'll he'll like almost curse in in like a teen or family movie just to like do the thing uh but it 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 must have been very hard for samuel l jackson to operate in this space in 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 a movie that got a pg-13 rating but is like it is very clearly designed for kids but maybe like big boys and big girls, not, not so much like little babies, you know? Right. This, this movie was honestly kind of like a litmus test. Like, are you a big boy or are you a baby? Right. Well, and going along with that, like, it's so interesting to see, um, sorry, I'm trying to get back in more of a linear direction here with the movie. I I was jumping all over the place there for a second, but like, you you really see the tone of the film shift when 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 they're going they're going on the tour and uh, they're in the cars or whatever that are along this track whatnot mm-hmm. and then the rain starts and when the rain starts things start getting bad I mean I, it starts with them not being able to see the goat which is in the pouring rain I guess but um, <laughs> fr- from there on you really see the I mean the entire movie shifts after that 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, that that goat, the leg or whatever of the goat getting thrown onto the roof of the car was also terrifying. There, there were so many like genuinely terrifying scenes. I, I, I don't know it. One, one of the things that makes Jurassic Park special, I think, is that it's able to to jump back and forth between these scenes of wonder and absolute terror uh, very easily. Where like you, uh, when when they're letting the Velociraptors into the paddock, like very early on in the movie, you see that one guy's like, "It's got my arm! It's got my arm!" and and right. like. You know, it's again very intense for 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 those tweeners who who may be big boys or big girls, but may still be babies. Um, I, I'm I'm talking about me, of course. Uh, but <laughs> you you have this uh, like you you have that, but then you kind of forget about it, and you have like welcome to Jurassic Park. Da, 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 da. Uh, the, the the wonder that, that's evoked in in some of these scenes is great but then like at, at the drop of a hat you 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 have a tyrannosaurus rex trying to poke its snout through the through the sunroof and kids mercifully being being saved from its maw by a sheet of plexiglass the the scene where um well, the, the I guess the guy, the coward that leaves the kid, the grandkids. I can't the remember lawyer. his name. The lawyer, yeah. Of course, they they paint the lawyer in that light, right? Um. <laughs> we're, okay, were, were were his pants off when he was in the uh, when, that, when, when he okay. went to the toilet? That's what I was thinking. So <laughs> he goes to the bathroom to hide from the T Rex, but I think while he's there, he's like. When in Rome, yeah, and I think he drops trow and starts going, which, like, I don't know. It, it's it's tough because you would think like maybe in a dire situation, if 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 if, if a dinosaur is like about to eat you, maybe you can use some fecal matter and be like, no, no, don't eat me. You know, throw Spread it, it at on it. you. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Throw it yeah. either way. Or, like I, I'm stinky. Don't. Don't don't eat me. I I won't be good, but uh, unfortunately, the 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 T Rex seemed pretty indiscriminate in in what he wanted to put in his mouth at that time. Uh, but yeah, it it absolutely seemed like he just he's like ah, seems like everything's kind of smoothing over. I'm gonna wipe and uh, and flush. Well, and that's that's like the first like visually horrifying scene i think of the movie right because prior to that you i mean there's the velociraptor scene where they're the the feeding initially but um it's it's more just like the the feel of the scene rather than what you're actually seeing Mm -hmm. um and then you see jeff goldblum's character get hit uh prior to wait no that might be that's after that's after the uh the lawyer gets eaten i believe yes yeah Um, he's like he's running and yeah he throws his whatever his his torch or whatever it is uh flare um but yeah that seeing the lawyer get eaten was probably the the beginning of the horror for uh for for viewers Mm mm-hmm 
And, and there's a pretty huge tonal shift at that point as well. Like the, the fun ceases as soon as the lawyer gets eaten, uh, mm-hmm. which seems like a, a reasonable place to stop having fun. Once, once one of your characters, no matter how annoying, gets eaten, usually it ceases to be a fun movie. Um, I, 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 I felt like this whole movie and, and, and we can kind of get into like, they're, they're, they're trying to escape the T-Rex and that leads them to, to all sorts of different twists and turns. But eventually uh, for, for most of the movie, it's the, the survivors versus the Velociraptors. And I, yes. I, I don't know if you've seen the documentary about the making of the Phantom Menace, but George Lucas talks about how Jar Jar is the key to everything. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it feels like Steven Spielberg just said like Velociraptors are the key to everything. Like, like the, the whole point of both franchises, it seems, is to talk about how Velociraptors are better, more fierce, like should be scarier to people than T-Rexes. And, and, and the second half of the movie is kind of like, an expert dissertation on that. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, and and I think the interesting thing with that is Spielberg's intention was, well, and Michael Crichton's, I guess. Well, I, actually, I can't speak to that because I have not read the book. But at least Spielberg's intention was to make the Velociraptors um, essential to, you know, the story and all of that, but. Um, the T-Rex was just more popular. Like the T-Rex, I, I mean, for me at least, uh, and I think for a lot of younger kids, like the T-Rex is more of an icon, I feel, to to young children than a Velociraptor is. Yeah, I mean, the, the T-Rex is the logo, right? And, and like right. you, uh, one one of the more like, kind of ferocious iconic things is w- whenever the T-Rex kind of like rears back and gives its huge roar. Mm-hmm. That was a great impression of, of that roar. Uh, it, it, that was a T-Rex just yawning. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> Hurt the throat. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think where, whereas the T-Rex has like that, I don't know. Maybe Jurassic Park and Jurassic World didn't do a great job of of proving this premise because, like, the the, the T Rex is still very prominently featured. But it it seems like the whole movie is it, it is based around this idea, like Velociraptors are better. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I I just wanted to add real quick to that because I I agree. I think like I think there are there are big scenes especially in Jurassic Park. Well, I no, actually in both. Like where um th- there it's just like there's more there's some more mystery surrounding the T-Rex. Um mm-hmm. uh the T-Rex really doesn't make an appearance in Jurassic World until the very end, and up until that point I hadn't even thought about the T-Rex. And so that scene is actually pretty cool in Jurassic World to see that. Um but for for the T-Rex like its role is is smaller in the film than the Velociraptors is. 
-hmm. But I, I think that the scenes that the T-Rex is in, especially how it comes into the story in Jurassic Park, yeah. really adds to what the audience perceives, like how the audience is, is perceiving it. The, the trembling water uh, when, when the T-Rex like first breaks out of the now non-electrified uh, fence and everything, and, and you see like the um, and, and you realize what's coming. One, one of my favorite, just like cinematic clips uh, that, that and, and it's been like repeated so many times as to where it's, it, it's hard to even like locate where, where it started, right? But mm -hmm. uh, just a, a really fun way of building suspense again trying to play to two different audiences like you you have adults who who understand what's going on but for this like second tier of of audience the these children the these young young people like having more uh overt signs is i think a great way of like not only building suspense but cluing them in as to what's happening um uh sorry real quick i, I just thought I, I i remembered something you mentioned earlier that i wanted to uh follow up on but as far as the the money that jurassic park has brought in do you know if that is referring to initial box office run or just over time how much hmm. it has brought in i have because no it's, idea it's had another i mean it was the biggest film of the summer again. Right. <laughs> 17 years later. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's playing in theaters right now. I, I just found it on, on Google. Uh, we, we can, we, we can revisit that maybe in corrections if. Okay. It, Cause it does. I don't know. It, it, it feels like it would be better known. Like, better known that it crossed the billion dollar threshold in the original theatrical release, if that right. were so. Right. But again, it, it, it feels like the math has totally changed in the past like five to seven years as to how we remember billion dollar movies. Because now if, if Marvel makes some sort of collaborative movie that doesn't break a billion dollars, it, it it's a huge flop and failure. Right. So yeah. Uh, one, one thing that I really enjoyed about this movie is that we were still young enough in digital technology that there needed to be some very like on the nose references to what's happening. So mm -hmm. I, I, I can't remember who said it, but oh, when, yeah. when, when like after Wayne Knight screws everything up and he's trying to get the Barbasol can to the, to the ship so that it can get to the bad people so that they can, you know, replicate the technology. Someone's like, look, an interactive CD-ROM, let's put it in. And it, you know, we, we can, <laughs> we can work with this to crack the code. Uh, and, and, and also like how hilariously terrible the, the like hacker scenes were with, with, with the granddaughter where she's like, wait a minute, I can hack into this. And, and it's just like she's scrolling around and pointing and clicking on, 
on on buildings within this like three-dimensional map she's like wait a minute this is the building (laughs) click click okay i hacked in now i need to turn on the power click click yeah she she like narrates everything that she's doing right because uh i mean like like just like you were saying technology was so like minuscule at that point in in real world that you would need description of what they were actually doing to try and to, I can override the system to open these doors or to activate the locks or whatever. Yeah. So they, they, they were narrating about very routine computer tasks, the way that movies now have to talk about like quantum physics or whatever, where, where like, <laughs> where like, like, like in in game when, when they're talking about time travel and, and Tony Stark's like trying to figure out the, 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 the parabolic shape that will allow them to travel through time safely. It, like it, it, it's probably all nonsense, but they, they have to be like really overt about explaining everything so that, so that the viewers understand uh, right. that, that that's what they were doing. Like put the floppy disk in the, in the personal computer and then <laughs> click on the file. People are like, okay, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't have a master's in, in hacking. The, the, the grandson's like, use control alt delete to get rid of, to, to get rid of Newman off your screen. It's like, grandpa, you've got to put your password in. And John Hammond is like, what? what? Never in my life have I been, have I been so offended. Oh my gosh. Click settings. Grandpa, click settings. Gran- settings. Grandpa, click. Ugh. Just let me do it. <laughs> um, what, what did you think about sexy Jeff Goldblum in this? Uh, so I, I will admit that Jeff Goldblum was looking like a snack through most of the movie. <laughs> I, I, I feel like every time he had a monologue, he lost another button. In, in the shirt where like it, it, it started uh, it, it started and he had maybe like two buttons undone. And then he's, he's flirting with Laura Dern about like, see now I'm, I'm going to put a drop of water uh, and, and it goes this way. Now, where do you think the next one's going to go? Uh, not the same way, right? That's entropy because you know, blah, 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 blah. he's like down to three or four. And, and then by, by the end when he's talking about like, you know, you're, your doctor spent so much time wondering if they could do something. They, they didn't stop to wonder if they should. It, it's like you, you, his belly button is clearly visible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, uh, Laura Dern's like, uh, Dr. Malcolm, I, I noticed that, that your shirt is, is, is open pretty well, pretty well all the way down. And he's like, yeah, that T-Rex, uh, he, really, he really did some damage and in the process r- removed all of my buttons. <laughs> the, 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 the T-Rex was transfixed by, by the pearlescent sheen of my, <laughs> of my buttons. So I had to pull them all off of my shirt. But, uh, but, do you get it, Ellie? But, <laughs> but by the time that he's on that table uh, waiting with, with Dr. Hammond oh for the gosh. all clear... He, he's just he, he's got his shirt wrapped up like like Daisy Duke or whatever uh, <laughs> just t- tied around his midriff <laughs> wait he does doesn't he uh, he he very well might no I, he <laughs> doesn't I th- but I think <laughs> I think you're right though where it is unbuttoned all the way at one point 
it's it's very very close um i one one of the things like one of the tragedies of jurassic world i i had forgotten that the park never even officially opened like they they were they were ready for guests they they're just doing a routine little test run and then everything hits the fan and every time that they open the park there is so much cool merchandise that never gets sold like they've got jurassic park shirts they've got plushes animals hats everything and it, it breaks my heart to think that they're just like well that dump it in the ocean because no no one can ever know about this one thing or one scene uh was kind of what you were what you, what you were saying was reminding me of is is when um I, I guess it would have been i'm trying to remember chronologically in the film where this falls but it's whenever Dr. Grant and the two grandchildren make it back to the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, and Beautiful they're sitting spread, there. By the way. Yeah, that's what For, I was going to say. Yeah. They're, they're sitting there eating, uh, e- eating the jello and eating all their grub or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, like in my, in my mind, I, I can think back to originally when I saw this, like, the film was almost over. Like, like it had hit, yeah. uh, it, it hit, ha, had hit the point where it wasn't going to go bad again. And, and then the Velociraptors show up yeah. just out of nowhere. And, and it was like, holy crap, no, we're still in this. It, it, it's, it's funny as well, like just the thought of kids. Spielberg does a really good job of, of getting into the mind of kids because uh, he, he uses them a lot as protagonists, but they're like, oh, finally, we're safe. We better refuel. Uh, let's grab some pudding. That, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll definitely perk up after some chocolate pudding. They're like, don't you want any protein? No, no, Jello will suffice. Some what? <laughs> <laughs> did you notice like it was it was around that point in the movie as well where i realized that very slowly and inexplicably in most cases all of the characters developed a limp uh where where like it 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 felt like uh in in the office where where pam slaps michael and then he's he's limping away and dwight's like why are you limping he's like i I just i I don't know uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when, when 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 Sam Neill is is reunited with with Laura Dern for a moment, you know, before she's like, run! She's limping, and it's like, what what happened to you? Not you you were just running. I don't know. Maybe right. she twisted an ankle, but it it felt like at at various points of the movie, without any real reason why, they all just to to show that they were like fatigued and hurt. It's like, all right, and uh, in this scene, everyone limp. I think that Laura Dern actually hurt herself. Ah. I, I, I may be mistaken. I think she may have broken her leg or... No, that would be too extreme. <laughs> no. Just, <laughs> I'm just like, like, I, I think there was a compound fracture. I, I, I thought I saw bone through skin. Mid- midway through the movie, she just has a hard <laughs> cast that's been signed by people. <laughs> I need, I need to fact check this, but I think 
Because there's the scene, there's the scene when um, when Samuel Jackson's arm, like that, that shocking scene where the arm falls over her shoulder. Oh my gosh. Like, oh, 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 Dr. Green, it's so nice to see you. And then she just pulls the... Also, where did the arm come from? I, I don't know. That was like in <laughs> retrospect, it's like, what? What? That was like, I don't know. Maybe on the other side like of that of that gate there were velociraptors just sitting there waiting and his arm just fell right over it could be they're they're but no you're good just they're 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 eating him and they're like wait i i think i hear someone and and they (laughs) they just take it yeah they 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 take it in their in their teeth and just (laughs) throw throw it over the gate they they are really smart be Um, you warned (laughs) but i'm pretty sure that scene though where she's getting chased from the Velociraptor, I thought she actually hurt herself, but I could be wrong. I, I mean, it, it's it's very likely that, that that I missed it, but that 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 was a small annoyance. My I'm biggest sure I understand. Uh, Siri decided up, to chime Siri? in. Yeah, yeah, thanks, Siri. Sorry. Um, uh, my my, I'm I'm like totally flustered by that. <laughs> my. <laughs> My my biggest complaint about the whole movie is they describe not not even this movie but like later on they they, they describe the Lyceum contingency which which is basically that there there's like this fail safe in the DNA of the animals where they're missing this essential uh, like protein or something like there 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 is something that's missing in their in their genetic makeup that they are somehow receiving through the food that they get. And Isn't it the capacity to love? Isn't that what they're missing? <laughs> <laughs> we, we, made our, we, we made our dinosaurs with one critical flaw. They could not <laughs> love. Oh my gosh. They should have put, <laughs> put that line in the movie. <laughs> no, the dinosaurs must never be allowed to roam free. They could never love anyone but themselves. <laughs> Uh, oh, selfish dinosaurs. <laughs> uh, I'm but, sorry, I totally detracted no, from your thought there. No, <laughs> they, uh, they, they, they lacked something in their diet where it's like if they got off the island, they would die, and it be, be, because it, it was something that was being fed to them intentionally by the park as a failsafe, and and so. What, uh, someone, I, I think it was Samuel L. Jackson, told John Hammond, "Like, hey, let's just let's just leave the island. They'll all die." And and John Hammond was like, "No, they 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 must survive." Um, what wouldn't that like take away the inane and stupid ending of Fallen Kingdom, where 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 the clone girl hits the. Uh, uh, and, and and they all run out. They they deserve to live. They're like me. <laughs> They're like me. And then the next scene is her getting eaten by the <laughs> Endoraptor. <laughs> it, it, it is is just her getting cold cocked by Bryce Dallas Howard's character. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, well, I guess going along with that. Like, isn't okay? Maybe maybe I need to rewatch Lost World because 
in Lost World, some of the dinosaurs are, well, at least a T-Rex is brought to the city, like... San Diego, yeah. San Diego, right? And I guess <laughs> Who it could wasn't forget? there very long. Yeah. I guess it wasn't there very long for to, to actually determine whether or not it would have survived, but I, I, I don't know. Uh, like, the, the, the T-Rex rampage of San Diego was one of those, like, where were you when it happened moments. <laughs> uh, I, I, I was two or three years old, and I still remember clear as day seeing that on the CNN scroll. It, it, it only got on the, the bottom third, that, that little scroll. They, they didn't have any camera crews on scene, but yeah, it was wild. <laughs> um, I, 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 that, that frazzled me. So I, uh, just like <laughs> Siri frazzled you, I completely lost where I was going with that. I, I have um, nothing to say anymore. <laughs> no, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of think, um, okay. So in the book, Doc, uh, John Hammond dies, doesn't he? Uh, I don't know. I haven't I'm read the book. I'm pretty sure in the book he dies. Uh, I also have not read it, but I, I can't remember if it's dinosaur caused or disease. I'm if if he dies, I'm hoping that he dies similar to the way that the enig enigmatic billionaire in Jurassic World dies. <laughs> where he just goes out in a blaze of glory, uh, taking down his own dinosaurs that were attacking. Um, wait, in, in the first Jurassic World, right? Yeah. The, I'm trying uh, to recall. He, he's like... Oh, in the chopper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, okay, okay. I, wow. I, I, I was about to venture a guess, like, he's like Indian or Pakistani, perhaps. Right. Uh, but fortunately... You you knew who I was talking I, about, and I think um, I I think uh, John Hammond actually dies of colon cancer. Oh my gosh! Uh, children, come uh, come here. Uh, there, there's something that I haven't told e even your parents. Uh, <laughs> it's it, th th this is not going to be an easy conversation, especially given the fact that there are still three velociraptors. Try, trying to chase us, but <laughs> it's in the something. middle of an action sequence <laughs> when, he, when he reveals. Doctors, you go ahead. There's something I need to tell the children. It's like this 15 minute scene where he's trying to trying to explain. Much much like the dinosaurs once went extinct, it, it, it seems that my my personal extinction is at hand. Namely, my colon. Oh, gosh. <laughs> He's all, uh, get it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do I need to be more direct? Or? Uh, I mean, I, I, I get your drift. But yeah, that, that was uh, honestly one of the more puzzling scenes that was added in the director's cut was, was, was the 15-minute explanation <laughs> by, by Dr. Hammond of, of, of his impending demise. I actually think I, I think he gets eaten by a T Rex, but I, I could be mistaken with that. Um, He's the lawyer. <laughs> he 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 just leaves his grandkids in the book, and the 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 like in in the book it explicitly says like 
he took his pants off because he was trying to poo. <laughs> it's like, just like the book really does not beat around the bush with that. Yeah. Either. Nothing is left to the imagination. <laughs> you, you, you get the internal monologue like, ah, nothing. The, the doctor's been saying I need more fiber. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Uh, all right, we, we 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 need to put a bow on this one. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, I I guess so. Like there 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 are a lot of parallels between Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. Uh, you you've obviously got like the the, the ill fated opening of a, a of a uh, theme park that that revolves around dinosaurs. You've got annoying kids. You've got senseless deaths of the caretakers of those kids, the lawyer, which has been discussed in, uh, in, in, in at great length. And then the babysitter who just gets picked up by a pterodactyl, she's getting like picked to pieces. And then the like giant Shamu dinosaur hops up and eats oh her God. and the pterodactyl. Uh, and no one shed a tear. No one asked about her for the rest of the movie. All right. Uh, I, I feel like we've we've attacked this from about every angle we can. So why don't we set that down and uh, and, and move on to our top three? So okay. we, we, Wait, we one more thing. Sorry, one last yeah. one yeah. last thing. So I found out uh, I, I found an article that explains how Hammond dies. Okay, mind if I just read it real quick? Please, uh, not not. I'm hoping for an excerpt. Okay. <laughs> So Hammond is killed by a pack of Progomsnognathus. Progomsnognathus. Does that does that does that ring a bell? Uh, yeah, I I I I think I I think you might be emphasizing the snog a little more than the normal pronunciation would call okay. for. But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try this again. Procom Procomsag Procomsagnathus. Progomsognathus. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Those, those, those are the things at the beginning of Jurassic World that kill that little girl, I think. Uh, you're, they're you're like gonna the have little, they're, they're the really, sorry, not Jurassic World, Lost World. Oh, 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 okay. So okay. They're on that, the mom and the daughter are on that beach, and there's those tiny little, uh -huh. they're, like, they're like very small dinosaurs that travel in packs. Ugh, what a so, way to go. So it says he's killed by them after falling down a hill and breaking his ankle. Oh my gosh. Running from what he thought was a juvenile T-Rex, but was really a recorded T-Rex uh, roar over the park's PA system. <laughs> you know what, Hammond? That, that, that's what you get for piping in fake noise. <laughs> so I just thought we needed to add that for, some, for a more finite ending. Yeah. All right. Well, now we truly have uh, attacked this about every way we can. Yep. So let's get to our top three. We, we've we've done drafts the the last few episodes, which have been good and fun. But I, I think it's time to uh, return to to our metal stand. And for this episode, we're going to do top three Steven Spielberg movies. So uh, Spielberg has been attached to a lot of things, but I figure for this, we'll just do like directed by Steven Spielberg who has a pretty impressive catalog as it is. Uh, 
So with that in mind, Skylar, what was your bronze medalist? Um, okay, so I decided I, – I didn't – my criteria for these was, like, my personal favorites. Like, it, it didn't sure. necessarily have to deal with, like, uh, accolades or anything other than, like, what my favorite my, – my personal favorites were. Uh, agreed. You, you know what? Let's, like – just so we're clear, let, let's do favorite Steven Spielberg movies. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. So for my silver, I went with Hook. <laughs> nice. Uh, I, I don't really know what else to say about that, um, but other than I loved it. And, and, and that uh, I love Rufio. Hook, Hook is a fun movie. Uh, I have not watched it in many, many, many years. And from what I understand that's that's the best way to do it like you you lose quite a bit on hook if you decide to return to the movie later in life so if 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 that is like part of your childhood uh keep it there and and keep it a special memory um it has also been a while since i've seen it i i i i I just think it's cool to see like i'm guessing I don't know who wrote Hook, but um, one of the only adaptations, or, or not adaptations, but prequel or sequel to Peter Pan that I've seen be successful. That's true. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to put Finding Neverland up, but you know what? I'll, uh, Finding Neverland's great. I love Finding Neverland. Yeah. I, I, I guess that's not so much... That, that, that's almost like a biopic about the making of. Right. Even though still kind of fictionalized. A- anyway, yeah, Hook, great pick. Um, so my, my third is, it's kind of like a tie, but given that Jurassic Park was one of them, I, I bumped that off my list. Okay. Because uh, we just talked about it for an hour. So number three is E.T., the, the electronic turtle himself. Uh, it is... It's it's a fun movie. It's something that was very much a part of my childhood. And to this day, uh, when they build the tent city and like, and, and you see E.T. and he's being tested by all the government workers and he's like gray and nasty. Oh, just deeply traumatizing. All, all of it. And, and, and as a kid, you know, I, I watched that when I was like five or six and you, you just you don't have like the the mental capacity to process what's happening so it's all just like very alarming images coming <laughs> at you and and unfortunately that is what has stayed with me way 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 more than than anything else gray et is your memory <laughs> <laughs> just a just a wrinkly old sack of flesh uh on on some steel gurney it's like a dried out sausage <laughs> oh, gosh. what 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 um kind of meat do you think et would taste most like oh gosh um even though i don't want to dignify this question with an answer i am going to try and give you the best answer i can think of um he is it, it's tough because 
his arms and his neck are very lean, but his his abdomen is very plump. And so like you depending on where you're sampling from, you would probably get either very lean, very stringy meat or like very fatty meat. Stringy. It comes off pull, like pulled pork. <laughs> you just you take take two forks and, and, and it starts it's like jerky shavings. Oh. Um I I I do think that he has some sort of like natural smokiness to him. I, I would probably say somewhere in that like pulled pork beef jerky range. Okay. Fair. Yeah. I definitely get more of like a pork sausage vibe. Okay. Um maybe we should just end it with that. I don't know. Yeah. You know what? Done with that. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, there was something else I wanted to say, but it doesn't matter at this point. Um, not, not about E.T. being meat. It was about okay. something else with E.T., but at this point, I don't think it matters. Um, my silver, I chose Catch Me If You Can. Um, that is one of my all-time favorites. Maybe my favorite Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, maybe not. Inception's up there. Also, I like how you took – I think you took a shot at me uh, in a previous episode for choosing Inception in my top three Christopher Nolan movies uh, after we had just talked about it for two hours. <laughs> mm. uh, maybe I did. I don't know. <laughs> it, it was just a subtle jab. Very, very quickly, um, I, I, I don't think I've already mentioned this. If I have, I'll just cut it from the episode. Uh, I got a call from one of my friends who told me that as, as soon as like he was listening to the episode, heard this, he was at work. He had to run outside and call me because he was laughing so hard when we were talking about top five aliens. And I, I took Chewbacca and you said, yeah, Grace is telling me I need to stop talking so much about Star Wars and like, like not, 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 not a, not a smile. No, no, like wryness in your voice. It was just the, the, the sound of a man who had been thoroughly beaten down and defeated. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's too good. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I, I'm trying to recall that episode, but I do, I do definitely get um, on a regular basis, even if even if I just say, like, make mention of Lando Calrissian or something like that, um, that we talk too much about Star Wars. E just even thinking about Star Wars without even it coming out of my mouth, I'd probably get you talk too much about Star Wars. Yeah, folks, we're we're gonna let you know now. Like, we appreciate you listening, but th this is a pro Star Wars pod through and through. <laughs> Sometimes I kind of wish that we were just a Star Wars speculation pod. Uh, other times I'm very grateful that we're not. But uh, like if, if, if you don't enjoy the occasional infusion of Star Wars, there, there are like 3.8 billion other uh, podcasts. So I don't know. We, again, we appreciate you listening, but I, I, I don't. We, we could have zero listeners, and I think we'd still be talking Star Wars every now and again. Agreed. 
Um, what did you What did you decide for your silver? All right, so my silver is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, just, I mean, it, it's indie, man. You know, like seriously, uh, what one of, if not the like quintessential action adventure movies. Uh, you you've got Harrison Ford, probably like at his best. Uh, I I think. I'm I'm trying to decide. Yeah, this this is probably like his yeah. best role, it, it, and and you can tell that he loves indie in in a way that he doesn't love some of his other roles, perhaps as kind of like a futuristic gunslinger in a space opera that was directed by George Lucas. Um, we, we we don't need to get into that, but just I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's Star Wars. Uh, great movie, <laughs> great great ride at Disneyland. Holy cow! Like the yeah. the the ride, I think might have what might might be one of the things that assured its place in the top three. But anyhow, really really fun movie. Um, are do you you take Raiders of Lost Ark over any of the other? Indiana Jones films? Uh, yes. Okay. I, I mean, like, it, it, for there, there's a select few where, where it's like a coin toss, but I, I basically selected Raiders of the Lost Ark to be indicative of the entire Indiana Jones franchise. I, I liked Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, but I guess we can get into that another time. I, I liked how Shia LaBeouf wore a leather jacket and also rode motorcycles. Uh, here's my hot, uh, hot take for the day. Shia LaBeouf was a better Indiana Jones than Harrison Ford. Wow. Uh, I, I love Shia LaBeouf, like w without a hint or sniff of irony, but that might be taking it a little bit far even for me. <laughs> okay. Gold medal. Uh, are we on my gold? Okay, my gold was Saving Private Ryan. Um, mm. I, I, I I like war movies. Um, this is probably top two or three war movies for me. Um, I, I think what's most impressive about it is just the lengths that uh, Spielberg went to for – I mean, I feel like he does for a lot of the stuff. That he goes through, like I was reading, even for Jurassic Park, like he consulted um, experts. But for uh, he, he he consulted experts on how on how to um, on how. <laughs> never mind. I'm not even going to get into it. <laughs> it's not worth it. He, he, not he's he, he's meticulous. He, he's he's meticulous. Okay. Um, and the same can be said of what he did in Saving Private Ryan with a lot of different aspects of it. And yep, just love the film. All right. Uh, yeah, great pick. I, I also ended up going with a war movie, though I took a different tack. Um, it, it's probably not a huge surprise. People who know me love, know that I love this movie. Uh, it's War Horse. Mm. I'm just kidding. Uh, oh, oh. I, I, I was like, I guess I don't know you that well. 
I, I guess I did kind of load that one pretty like in, in such a way as to where anyone who was surprised by this doesn't know me at all. So you're like, hmm, yeah. No. Uh, I just my, have to be accepting of it. Yeah. My, my, mine is catch me if you can. Uh, okay. It's, it's, it's great. It's, it's one of my wife's favorite movies of all time. And, and so I, I think her love of it has also rubbed off on me uh, like to, to put it where it is. Uh, it, it's, it's a great movie overall, fun watch, love, love the dynamic. Uh, and, and, and I think we all like somewhere deep in our mind believe that, that we too may be able to, to be like that. Frank. Abigail. Yeah. Yeah. Just the, uh, just the, the, the smartest guy in the room. And I'm, I'm, I'm still waiting for the right time in my life when I will be asked to give the prayer and I can, I can bow my head, close my eyes and talk about the rat who is, uh, who's, who's put in milk and he just keeps paddling and paddling until it becomes cheese. The best, the bet, my favorite scene in that is, uh, is when he, he's actually accepted as a doctor into the hospital and he's just been watching doctor, uh, like scenes, doctors talking to one another and the nurse is like asking him what he thinks about, you know, someone who just came into the ER and has got like this crazy wound and he, all he says is, I concur. <laughs> like the main thing he learned from these films is yeah i concur i concur mm, mm, yes 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 very good very good <laughs> he, he just like a, a, anything that comes in like we gotta amputate <laughs> all right um th this has been you know we, we, we've 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 run a little long so we'll we'll probably wrap it here actually uh, we need to discuss a movie. Is is there anything that you want to uh, want to suggest for our next watch? Um, I I don't have one for this time. Maybe I'll, I'll I'll think a little bit more heavily about it for next time. Did you have one in mind? Okay, I actually have a uh, I, I I have a suggestion and. I, I am trying to be more conscious of the kinds of movies that we review and like at some point we will run out of blood fisted action adventure movies if we don't pace ourselves. So, uh, I, is, I, is it, is it coyote ugly? <laughs> it's burlesque. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I want to review princess and the frog uh this is like the the disney adaptation tiana uh that this is the convergence of a couple things number one i am really 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 into like new orleans jazz funk and r&b right now it's a great listen if you want suggestions give us a five-star rating ask for one and i'll give you one on air uh number two it it, it was just announced that uh, Splash Mountain is going to be turned into a Princess and the Frog themed ride. And third, I feel like of all the princess movies, this one gets the least amount of respect or or, or discussion. Uh, so for all of those reasons, I, I, I say we do that one. Yep. 
Um, I actually saw only saw this within the last few months for the first time and loved it so much. Uh, like one of the few animated Disney movies that like actually makes me shed a tear. Like it's so, so awesome. I'm going to save my other thoughts on it and for the next episode, but uh, yes, let's totally do it. Well, yeah. I, I, I too had one of those, uh, single teardrop moments and we'll 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 see if it's the same place but okay. yeah top to bottom uh, we you know what we're gonna save our 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 actual review of it for next week so okay. that does it for us uh for for this week this is davis and skyler logging off uh we will see you next week and until then stay zippy see ya